This is Rabbi Kovacs, and Mishnah Yomi is continuing in the first parak of Shabbos at Mishnah Dalid. These Mishnahs are for Shabbos Chayesar, obviously being recorded before Shabbos. Uh, on Shabbat itself, we are having Kiddush in honor of the Siyum on Zeroyim at Suburban Orthodox. Hope to see you at Kiddush there. Also, later in the afternoon, they're making a Siyum at Beit Yaakov, Rabbi Gofei's shul. Um, they're in Mincha 414, so see them about 20 minutes later during Suda Shlishit or Shalash Suda's. And then Mozart Shabbos at 8.30, they're making at Merkaz Torah Tefillah a large Siyum there. So lots of celebrations in honor of Zeroyim. But now let's continue Shabbos, Mishnah, Dalid, Perik, Aleph, Ve'elu. And these, Minachalachot, are from the laws, Sha'amru Ba'aliyat, that they said in the attic, of Hananiah ben Chizkiah ben Gurion. They went up to visit the Godel Ador, Hananiah. What was he doing in the attic? So in that generation, there was a large concern over Sefer Yehezkel. There are certain items in Sefer Yehezkel that seem to be contradictory to Pesukim in the Torah. Like it says, Kohanim can't eat Nevel and Shreva. No, it's just Kohanim. Everyone can't eat Nevel and Shreva. So what's going on? So the sages were concerned. People might get the wrong idea from Yechezkel. Said, maybe we should put it in the Geniza. So Hananiah ben Chizkiah ben Gurion, he went up to the attic with a bunch of oil and a Sefer Yechezkel and a, and a Sefer Torah to figure it out, to have a way to resolve all the contradictions so they wouldn't have to put Yechezkel in the Geniza and keep it, you know, for the Mikubolim. So we have him to thank for the fact that we still enjoy a Sefer Yechezkel and it wasn't hidden away for people who delve into secrets. So, Kishi'olu Levokro, so the mission continues, when they went up to visit him in the attic, Nimnu, they counted, or they voted, Verabu Beit Shammai Obed Hillel, and there were more Beit Shammai Nicks than Beit Hillel Nicks. So these were great sages, great rabbis were up there. And they made 18 decrees. Apparently, they voted on 18 items of halacha that had been a debate between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, and they voted these 18 like Beit Shammai. Now, the mission itself doesn't list all of these items, but the Bart Nura, as you see, brings all of them. The, the Gemara in Shabbos explains all of them. They are similar to what we had. Actually, two of them are in the last mission. They're similar to this concept we're on of avoiding problems so we, we don't we're not really going to go into all of them if you see me on shabbat we can go over the bartonura together and we can talk with these in detail but a lot of them are um avoiding tuma avoiding truma getting puzzle so they're about um you know keeping tahor and keeping a, a higher standard so you avoid tuma there there's an interesting one where you you're not supposed to shower immediately after going to the mikvah because in those days, the mikvah might have been a little bit dirty in a cave, you understand, and then people take a shower after and, and clean off the mikvah. And so some people are getting the wrong idea that the shower is what made people tahor, not the mikvah, and then they're just simply avoiding the mikvah. So th that's an example of the decree to try to get people away from a problem like what you've had so far in this parak. Decree number six was really interesting. We, we don't put truma in the Aron Kodesh with a Sefer Torah because mice would come and they'd eat the truma and they'd also nibble on the Sefer Torah or the Tanakh or whatever else is in there. So the rabbi said that scrolls actually disqualify truma as if they're tame. So it's interesting. We try not to touch the scroll itself, the parchment itself, because we might, you know, smudge the letters or get schmutz on the actual parchment. But back then they had another reason not to touch it because then it's going to mess up the truma because we don't want truma food stored with scrolls. 
Also, number 13 was interesting because we had in Zerayim that if you planted truma, then the, the seed was truma, and you planted it in the ground, the Kohen planted it, then what grows is not truma. However, the rabbis made a gezerah that if it's truma tmeya, you weren't allowed to do it. So it was also considered truma, even though deraita it's not, because we were concerned that the Kohen would keep his truma tmeya around, and instead of planting it, it'd get hungry, and he'll eat it. Number 14 is also interesting because it talked about if it's if Shabbos is coming right now and you're on the, a man is on the road and he's carrying his wallet, what does he do with it? So they say it's better to give it to a non-Jew than to try to carry it, you know, a little bit at a time. We're going to see later on in the Masechta uh, that carrying very small amounts, less than Arba Amot, is not an Iser Deraisa. It's not really a Hotza. So we'll talk about that later in detail. The, the 15th and the 16th, of the things they voted on is actually what we had in the last Mishnah, not to clean out your clothing, but or an air, and not to read, but or an air, as we talked about in Mishnah number three. But again, the Bartonura goes through all of these, um, and but not really, don't really have time for it right now because it's not printed in the Mishnah. So let's go on to Mishnah Hey. Beit Shammai Umrim. Beit Shammai says, ensuring Dio with some Amanim Vekarshinim. We don't soak ink or dyes or vetch. We also mentioned vetch in Seder Zeroyim. It's kind of an usually an animal food, could be eaten by people if there's nothing else to eat. Only if there's time for them to soak thoroughly and be prepared when it's still daytime. means before Shabbos, before Shkia. Beit Hillel lets you continue to soak them on Shabbos. So what's the Nekudas HaMachalakas here, Rabbi Sai? So do you have to have your kalim rest on Shabbos? Now the Pasuk in Shmos 23, verse 12, says you're, you have to rest and your animals have to rest. So if your animals have to rest, Beit Shammai says also your kalim. If, if, you're, if your ox can't pull, then you also shouldn't have your kli, your vat, for soaking dye. You shouldn't have that be working also on Shabbos. So you shouldn't be setting traps. You shouldn't be uh, think, loading things into a, an oven, even if you're not adding fuel. You shouldn't be putting things into a vat to get soaked and properly uh, wet or properly um, moist to the right extent that it's useful, shouldn't do that on Shabbat. So Beit Hillel says it is allowed that, yes, your animals uh, are commanded to rest on Shabbos. There's Tsar Balei Chaim is a very important concept there, Isa. So Hashem told their animals to rest, but your kli, your, your bowl, your vat, doesn't have to necessarily rest on Shabbos. So we permitted to allow these items to continue working. And of course, this is only in a way where the, the man is not going to interfere with the soaking or whatever process is going on on Shabbos itself. And also where it doesn't make noise, where there's no avsha milsa, it's called, where there's no noise. If someone leaves his windmill loudly grinding seeds on Shabbos, everyone knows it's doing something on Shabbos. It could be a problem because it's making noise and everyone hears that or sees that. An interesting shaila, which might become lamaisa sooner than we think, is what about your robot? Is your robot more like your kli or more like your behema on Shabbos? So that's a tzorachi and gadol. We'll see uh, when we get these shailas lamaisa about robots and artificial intelligence and all of these items, if they are allowed to continue to do things on Shabbos. So it's uh, we'll, we'll find out, God willing. Uh, you know, every generation has new chidushim in halacha. Shabbat Shalom, Rabbi Good Shabbos. Zay